Guys, what's up? I'm back in the uh, Western Hemisphere, up north in Canada. I met the interviewees on Instagram, POC Architecture. It's uh, two people, Janelle and Ethan, and we talked about colleges mostly. They're both college students. Well, one graduated recently and the other will graduate soon enough. I was kind of curious as to how Canadian architects get registered their education. So we touched upon that a little bit. We talked about the pandemic and as to why they started POC architecture. So basically it's just to answer the question of where are all the POC architects in Canada? An excellent question and was surprised that there was no record of them. And even when I went overseas in Great Britain, there was no record of the first black woman architect. It led me to appreciate what we have in the U.S. and the initiatives that black architects took to secure our place in history. To that testament also, how was racism handled in other countries? prompted me to think about the systemic and deep-rooted racism in this country and compare that to others. Now, we didn't get in too deep about systemic racism in Canada. And when I talk to people who, who went to school in London, it's more of an international thing. But in London, you have migrants that come and they can trace back like, oh, well, my father is from Nigeria or my parents are from India. They could trace back to where they're from. And here we kind of have a problem with that. If you haven't purposely migrated into the U.S., then you were forced here. I don't really know how it is in Canada. Personally, I have relatives who live in Montreal and I believe Janelle mentioned that she had family members in the Caribbean. We didn't get in too deep with that. But I'm curious as to how the history of Black people in Canada are. And who was the first Black woman who got licensed in Canada? Who was the first Black man who got licensed in Canada? I'm curious. Another thing we talked about, which is very important, is the affordability of college and how architecture students pay more than the average student. I feel like it goes beyond just supplies. If you are art major, you have supplies, right? But in some schools, the tuition is higher. And I know the first school I went to, the, the architecture school in itself was higher than the regular tuition in the school. And then also we have to do with software, licenses for that software. We have to have laptops for that software. And during a pandemic, you don't have those resources. You don't have that lab to go to. You don't have access to that printer or that model shop to, to really express yourself as, as a student. So where's the money going? Uh, and that's one. And second of all is being an international student. And this is beyond just black. It's what is the university doing to help you 
with that. So we talked about those type of things in this uh, episode, short, brief episode. And I hope to have further conversations with our allies up north. I feel like I need to have a conversations with the associations, you know, like the the Royal Institute of fill in the blank, whether it be Canada or the RIBA, and ask them, what are you doing? But I don't know. Is it my place? That's not even my country. <laughs> is it my place to even to even question that? Question them? I don't know. I mean, am I stepping out of my bounds and seeking out these answers? Because I, I sure as hell want to know. And why am I feeling this way? I have problems here at home. Why am I going overseas? That's a good question, too. I want to be able to go anywhere and practice architecture. And part of that is developing allies who look like me. Architects from all over the world can come into my neighborhood and design. I want to be able to do the same thing. I want to be able to have that network of people that I can tag. Listen, if, if I get commissioned to do something in Toronto, I want to be able to tap black engineers, designers, and local architects. And how do I do that? Now you may question, well, it doesn't matter what race is all about talent. Yeah, that's true. But the way the world works right now, I, I, I can't do that. And because my counterparts who've been doing this for a long time, that's what they do. So why can I not do the same thing? And if, if it's the best, then it's the best. But diversity brings brings a whole different level to the table. So anyway, short and sweet, I start off this, this interview with who are these two people? So I hope you enjoy. Who are you? <laughs> oh, um, I'm Janelle. And, and, and I'm Ethan. <laughs> We're both from Calgary, Alberta. I was born and raised. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was actually um, born in Mississauga, Ontario, so that's like outside of Toronto, and I moved to Calgary in 2007, but yeah, we both go to school in uh, Halifax, Nova Scotia, yeah. so Dalhousie School of Architecture. I just recently graduated in uh, May. Yeah. And I, I had to defer for a year because of COVID, but I will be rejoining in next summer to continue. And then I graduate the year after that. So is it a five-year, four-year, two, five, four plus something, or how does it work? So it is, you have to do two years of any type of study, I guess. So we both studied planning and sustainability, like city city planning first. And then after that, it's a four-year program. So two years for the bachelor degree, and then you do two years of master's. Oh, so four years. Yeah, so four yeah. years altogether mm-hmm. for the architecture part, yeah. Mm-hmm. So after you graduate, how do you become registered? So we have to intern for 3,000 hours, I'm pretty sure. And then after that, you take a, a series of exams. And if you pass those exams, then... Uh, you become a registered architect. How many exams? I think it's about four exams just Mm -hmm. on different topics of like theory or building building technology, technology. um, you know, laws, regulations, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay. So four years of education, 3,000 hours, that's like three years or something like that? Yeah, about three years. Okay. And so after three years, then there's four exams. Mm -hmm all computerized, I 
a, a Zoom. A yeah, and I think there's one in person. I'm not yeah. completely sure. I'm pretty sure like most of them are like you know like kind of like a SAT or some sort, mm-hmm. and then one of them is in person. They like ask you questions and stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. All right. Do you know how many black Canadian architects are there? That is a good question. That's the problem that we have right now. Because at least in America, we know it's like 2% or something like that. They don't even release that information to us. So we have no idea. We don't know, actually, uh, because the statistics are... They don't release um, statistics like that here. It's really hard to find. Yeah. Mm. I was looking up to see if I could just Google and find any Canadian Black architects. I found two. Have you guys engaged in any? Do you have any role models or mentors that are can, Black Canadian architects? For me personally, <laughs> not at the moment. We need to do more research yeah. into that because we've mostly just been exposing people to like architects of color, not specifically in Canada. Mm-hmm. But we did recently do like a Canadian Indigenous architect. So yeah, but we are planning on like researching and looking more into that in the future. Is for right now, it's kind of like there are there aren't really that many role models for us, and if there are, there my our school doesn't make it known to us either. So or, or it's very difficult to find. Yeah. yeah. So. so and when you first started your first year in college or university, how many minorities were in your class in comparison to who did you graduate with, or in your last year? Uh, okay, so. In my first year of architecture, it, there was, I think there's three black people, including myself. And there were about five people from like Middle East or Arab countries, 10 Chinese students, or yeah, they, they all are transfer students from like China, mm-hmm. somewhere in China um, specifically. And I think that's about it. The rest are pretty much white. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was similar to me. Uh, like. As me and this other black guy uh, from Haiti. Yeah. And like your we best friends. So, yeah. <laughs> so like, <laughs> I mean, we gotta stick together. But, right, um, right. Yeah, yeah. So, but like, yeah, it's mostly like similar to what Janelle was saying. Like, yeah. Like around 10 Chinese or Chinese students yeah. and a couple Middle Eastern students. Yeah. So. There's like this. Sorry, that's my dog. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, our school actually does release statistics. They only accept like 10% international students, and there's 65 students each year accepted. So, yeah, and that's predominantly like Asian people. But the the so, the school fees are really high for international international students. students so. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, that doesn't. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a barrier for some for some people. So. Yeah. Yeah. Is there in-state tuition type thing or in, not state, but in, I don't even know what. So in, in Canada, it's just mm-hmm. if you're from Canada, you pay the same tuition. And if you're from outside of Canada, you pay like a higher international tuition. Okay. So it doesn't matter what area you're from. Yeah, you know, it doesn't matter which province. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So it was like 65, let's say, and then it was like two to three Black folks. Then last year, who did you graduate with? Did you and Haitian man graduate together? No, he actually, he took a year off. So he didn't, unfortunately, he didn't uh, graduate with me. Uh, so I was like the only one, but 
he's planning on coming back next year. So I was, I was, it was good to hear that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, even yeah. like in the years before, there's only been about like two to three black people in every year that um, I've known. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it. We're, we're quite scarce, and the the thing that's that bothers me about that is it's not only that well there should be more diversity in the program, but our school is located in an area that had one of the oldest black populations in Canada. They have a whole like historic section dedicated to black people so you would expect for them to be there to be more outreach to that community since it's such a big part of the Nova Scotian identity but there isn't and I'm I'm from outside of Nova Scotia and I'm one of the only black people Mm. uh, in the program so Mm -hmm. yeah how about the school itself is it diverse or is it pretty much a representative of the department well, we have a set, like a main campus, and then there's uh, architecture, engineering. engineering. Yeah. But in the engineering part of our campus, there's more uh, diversity there. But when you go to the architecture side, it's mostly white, and it's less yeah. diverse there. And even so, with oh, sorry, <laughs> even even with our faculty, mm-hmm. so it's called Faculty of Architecture and Planning. Mm-hmm. Um, the planning faculty is incredibly diverse, and so yeah. are the people accepted into that program. But then we both we both studied planning earlier. But then as soon as you go into architecture, the entire faculty is white. All the all the other um, staff is white, and then and then like the majority of the students are white. So yeah. yeah. Did you guys experience any culture shock there? Um, I don't, no, I don't think so. I don't so. think so. Yeah. We both kind of grew up in predominantly white areas, so I guess we're both used to it, yeah. which is kind of sad to say, but like, mm. it, it wasn't really any different from what we've experienced going to school our entire lives. It was more of a culture shock going into a place that was a lot more diverse because mm. of what I was used to, so. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Education-wise, how would you rate it? Because I know for me, they didn't really teach any diverse, for example, architectural history that wasn't diverse at all. It was all European history. Did you guys experience that? And how do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's the same here. In our like, architecture history courses, it would just be from a Eurocentric point of view. Yeah. And we just learn about European history. And yeah, that's pretty much. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty much yeah, it. Like there wasn't any sort of the. It was only last semester, like last May, that I learned about the first a black architect in general. We had to do mm-hmm. some sort of case study on different architects, and they assign you these art um, buildings, and then they're like, "Yeah, you get this person called Francis Curie. I think that's how you say his name." But that was the first time. I was introduced to a black architect within the school over the course of three semesters. So I don't know that, that kind of is telling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Have you guys ever talked to the faculty or set up a club or I'm kind of curious, like, is, is there a club or. Uh, Yeah. So there's actually a club called equality in architecture that kind of advocates for that. And they also do a bunch of events and showcase different documentaries about like environmental racism or women in architecture, or people of color in architecture. But most recently, our school actually didn't release a statement in solidarity with the Black Lives Matter movement. So I joined another group that was just advocating for like 
why didn't why are you guys silent like (laughs) why aren't you guys saying anything and then we also wrote a letter to the school um basically with with about eight calls to action as to like how they can help essentially or how they can be better and not be so eurocentric and one of the calls to action was actually teaching students about different cultures and the architecture of different places so that aren't european so there's been a there's been a bit of a struggle for a while now just connecting with the faculty on you know incorporating more uh diversity into the curriculum and speaking out about racial issues so it's been a constant like back and forth but i don't think anything has really changed that much we only got one private email from Mm -hmm. one faculty member and that was it so there's nothing said publicly or anything like that so Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. have you guys experienced any systemic racism personally or any do you want to go (laughs) (laughs) well i mean it's just in the education system itself or, or even just like the lack of resources for black people versus um, the amount of resources white people would have and the the amount of money that it takes to go into architecture school here. I know some other architecture schools, they do provide you with certain things, but you have to buy everything here. I, I had a friend from the Bahamas who got into architecture, but she couldn't actually go in. Like she couldn't start going to that program because it was too expensive and they expected her to get like a new $3,000 laptop plus like a whole architecture hand drafting set right off the bat, which is like that's $4,000 outside of your tuition right right away. It's just even, even that not having generational wealth or not having access to wealth in those scholarships that can help you. Or, or you or you plummet into like student loan debt so there, there's kind of like it, there's not much leeway and there's no much there's not much support for black students so or I guess students of color in general or mm-hmm. for that matter so yeah yeah that's pretty much it, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, it that's pretty much all, all it yeah sorry yeah. <laughs> how did how did you guys pick the school well, before being able to go into architecture school, like we had to do uh, two years of any program. So they had this like city planning program there that I that I really liked. So that's what like attracted me to uh, Dalhousie, and plus it was away from the city that I like grew up in. So <laughs> I was like, yeah, I need to get away from here, type thing. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it was it was nice to like be independent and like go to a new city and everything. So mm-hmm. yeah, Same and I was interested in city planning and design and you know uh, that world. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. It was pretty much it. He came here and he's like, "Oh my gosh, this program's super awesome!" And I'm like, oh, "I guess I'll go there too." So. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I'm like a year ahead of Janelle, and like, mm-hmm. well, I was there and she was still here. I was like, oh, this school is so awesome. Like, you should come and, like... Yeah. Like, showing views of the ocean and stuff. Yeah. Um, (laughs) From, like, our parents are from, like, the Caribbean. So, I I don't... I personally visited the Caribbean a lot. And I, like, missed the ocean so much. Yeah. So, it's also nice to kind of be close to it all the time. Nova Scotia is an island, right? Or a peninsula or something? Yeah, it's a peninsula. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's... I see the Atlantic, which is nice. 
Yeah, I've always wanted to go there. I went to school in Boston and I love the fact that the water was right there. You can take the train to the beach. I just, that that idea alone, I mean, the water is not blue at all, but you can't can't beat that. You can't beat that. Exactly. (laughs) I I tried going in the water, but it didn't end well because it's like, it's really cold. So, yeah. Yeah. Even during the summer? Yeah, it's like, it's, because it's like the North Atlantic, so it's like, it's really cold. Yeah, like, it's about like, maybe two or three degrees. I'm not sure what that is in Fahrenheit, but like, a couple It's cold. That's just cold. Like, yeah. It's cold, that. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's like 20 degrees or something. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Do you have a job yet, or? No, I've actually been trying to, to find a job recently, but it's just been uh, really tough due to COVID. Because businesses, like I, I'd apply to firms and then they would, they would send a message back saying like, oh, we're not like we can't really hire right now, and so it's it's been tough. But yeah, I've just been looking for work right now. Yeah. So yeah. did you graduate this year or was it last year? It was it was this year. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah. how was the pandemic in school? Like, how was that for you too? Uh. It was like, it was a bit of a shock because I remember I was in the studio and my friend was just like, oh, so they're, they're, they're thinking of shutting down the school. And I was like, what? That's crazy. How are they going to do that? So it was, it was just really weird. And then we, we couldn't go into the studio anymore. And then we had to work from home, which, which wasn't ideal. <laughs> and, and then they just ended up postponing for a little bit. And yeah. It was just you, weird. Like he got out. I yeah. I tried to do summer semester online. Yeah. That did not work. I'm actually like hard of hearing. So if the video or audio freezes, I'm kind of lost. I can't hear anything. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what's going on. And that happened a lot because one of our professors was like on a farm with poor Wi-Fi. So oh, yeah, that, that yeah. didn't really work. But uh, yeah, it's it did really bug me that they they would charge they take a portion of our tuition to pay for all these licenses like AutoCAD or Revit and like Rhino and all those programs Adobe Suite but then because we're not in school we couldn't use the computers that had those programs on it or still paying for them and they still expect us to somehow make these beautiful renders even though we probably can't afford to buy these licenses for those programs on our own so that, that was just like an added stress. Like there's advantages to having classes in person and having the resources that they give to you at, in one place where everyone has equal access to it. So yeah, yeah that, was, that was another thing that made uh, learning online with COVID pretty difficult. So they're not doing anything at all that's different from online versus in studio? Are they at least lowering tuition of certain things, any administrative fees or the programs that you use that's crazy they're they're not the only thing that they took off of our tuition was our bus pass because obviously no one's gonna (laughs) (laughs) no one's gonna be using the bus but that's in canada that's an issue with a lot of schools where they're charging you for the gym or recreational facilities but they're not open and we can't use them but they're still charging the students yeah i was paying at least three hundred dollars for tuition or for building maintenance fees and I'm like, if no one's going to be in the yeah. building, then I shouldn't be paying this. Yeah, yeah, I would have expected the tuition to be a bit cheaper. 
especially for the upcoming fall when like most students are going back, but they actually decided to raise the tuition by 3%. Wow. Uh, for uh, for like Canadian students and like 11% for international students. So I don't know, it kind of felt like they're kicking us while we're down, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. So it, it is a bit unfair. Is there on-campus housing or you have to live off, it was your choice to live off campus or like how did that work? Yeah, there's there's a on on campus living, but it is cheaper usually to live off campus. Yeah, so, yeah, so we, we lived in an apartment off campus yeah okay Mm -hmm. you started this instagram what's next for it that that's a good question we've been we've been bouncing ideas off of each other yeah i mean you guys Um, are celebrities now you need to (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean it's 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 nice like uh because we've been able to meet so many like like great people and kind of cultivate our own special you know POC network yeah so, and it's it's yeah. really cool to be able to share resources mm-hmm. I, I remember messaging people hey I really like the people that you use in your renders I noticed they're not all white where'd you get these people yeah. <laughs> like, but yeah it's it's a really great way to I mean, share resources and stuff like that as for what's next we were kind of thinking of maybe starting an actual website so that people without Instagram could like still go and see all our posts and maybe add more literature, other stuff, maybe start a database for cutouts to put in your renders and all that stuff for, mm-hmm. of diverse people, I guess. So Yeah, I think for now, we've mostly just been focusing on providing, we're making a, a lot of resources more accessible to minorities and yeah, it's pretty much what we've been talking about recently. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you guys can make a business out of this. You can go on tour yeah. and go <laughs> to all the other schools. Because you're not the only ones. Has a lot of other Black Canadian students approached you guys at all? or? I don't know if they're Canadian, but I actually don't know where they're... They're from, like, all over the world, basically. Yeah. yeah. We've been contacted a lot by people. Yeah, but it would be cool to just, like, get, like go into schools and just... You educate And people. just say, like, here's some, like, great projects that you guys can study and, like, you know... Yeah. So, like... Because we didn't get that in in our yeah. education, so... That's the thing. Yeah. Like, the, re- the whole reason why we started this page is because, really, mm. we don't see people of color, like, architects or black architects in general we don't learn about them at all but it seems to be pretty easy to find them and actually showcase them for other people to learn about them so why isn't our school doing this i mean it's not easy to find them but (laughs) we like it's you could put the if you put the effort in yeah you can you can find them and teach students about them so that's that's basically the goal because it is hard like growing up and not seeing anyone doing what you want to do mm. so representation is very important yeah so that's what we're we're trying to we want to make it easy for people yeah. to like, <laughs> you know have this database of amazing projects by people of color like yeah right there so yeah so. have you guys heard of the royal institute of canada or something like it's the architecture institute of canada yeah oh, yeah one of those yeah yeah. yeah. Yeah, we've heard of them before. Yeah. They I don't know, there hasn't been much like outreach from them. There we were a part of like the Atlantic Association of Architects though. So 
we, we have been in contact with that specific association. I do know that the the former president of that is of the Royal Canadian. I can't remember the exact abbreviation. Royal, for right. Yeah, Royal, it's the Royal Architecture <laughs> Institute of Canada. I think that's what it's called. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the president of that. Yeah. Was a Black Canadian architect, which is nice to see. But one of the two I found. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but see, he made sure he made himself known, like he had a Wikipedia page and everything. Yeah. Um, so he did make that effort. But I was, that's kind of weird, though. at least for here, the American Institute of Architects, they have a student chapter. And I know with the school that I went to, they were involved in and there's another school I also went to, they were also involved. So I'm surprised that they didn't like go to your school or be in your school or. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that really happened. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very much just architects and then the students are kind of separate. So yeah, yeah I'm finding that it's, it's hard to like get in touch with all these other, like, I don't know, groups and organizations related to architecture. And I think that's part of the problem with why we can't, it's so hard to find statistics on like who's actually becoming archi- licensed architects in Canada because there's, there's not really much outreach. So, mm-hmm. well, that's sad. Yeah. Yeah. That's really sad. Yeah. I think that's all I have. Do you guys have any questions at all? Or I guess what's the situation where you are? Like, What's um, life in general? Like, like how uh, am I feeling? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that too. <laughs> yeah. um, what is what has architecture been in the U.S.? Yeah, um, like in the that. in the universities and like, oh, like, okay. Let me see. From what you've told me, it the network here is pretty strong. I've. I've met some people who had the same problems that you've had. Like in me doing this podcast, like there was this one woman, she created, it's, I'm doing a shout out to her. It's American and she went to the university. Oh, shoot. She went to Florida. I'm sorry that I can't remember <laughs> your, your, the school that you went to, um, yeah. but um, she went to uh, Florida school. And she did her undergrad in engineering and she loved it. Like she was part of the black association there and everything. There was a lot of black and brown and people there. And then she got her master's, same university for architecture. And she was like the only one. Yeah. The mm-hmm. only one. And she didn't, she didn't see any black architects. And so when she graduated, she made it a point to seek out black architects. And she created this program. She even had a summit. It's amazing, like what she did. And even though, like, I'm heavily entrenched in like any black related thing, yeah. I have always had black mentors, and that was only because I live in a city where there's a lot of black people and a lot of successful black people, including in architecture. But I feel like I'm an anomaly. So when I hear stories like you, I'm like, what? I can't believe you would what? And she was one out of like, I mean, imagine like, I mean, it was like 65 people and it was like two and three. Yeah. That's, that's ridiculous. That's crazy. And especially you're in an area where there's 
a black population like you said you question is there any outreach at all like what are you doing yeah so you're not alone in that and if you had went to mcgill would you have the same experience then if you you know went to halifax so mcgill is in montreal so or on the other side in vancouver would you have had the same experience or toronto or any other places i don't know and but i guess the point is is that no matter where you go you should always have representation and if you if you are the only one at the very least you show hey we're not only white we're everything else and you know africa is not just egypt (laughs) another thing too is the same thing here where you only you only taught european architecture and when i talk to group black in architecture and Mm -hmm. they're all in london and they're having the same problems as you have the same problems. (laughs) They're international students, the cost is high, you Mm. know, them being able to stay, the visas, it's a struggle. And it's international, it's a global problem. And luckily this pandemic showed how much systemic it is, so. Yeah. Yeah. Kudos to you guys and trying to make money because this could be your career. Till till you till you get jobs, free T-shirts. I don't know. Like you could you could really. I, I, mean, I actually brought that idea like like two weeks ago. I'm like we should. I'm serious. I mean, you guys could really just the business sense of it, right? You're putting all this effort and all this work. You should really monetize this. At the least, let it pay for your internet. You know, because Adobe is expensive. Those suites are not are not cheap, yeah. even in Canadian dollars. It's yeah. not cheap. more expensive here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, and that's another thing that architecture doesn't teach you is the business side. It's all about yeah. this yeah. and looking yeah. pretty, and it doesn't teach you about business. So, like, mm-hmm. I really like I I will listen if you have something, I will buy it from you. Okay, like I. I <laughs> If, if you have a product, I will buy it. You'll see that invoice said Melissa Daniel. I will pay the international rate, okay? Like, oh, okay. <laughs> Good to know. Oh, you guys have been great. You know, I... Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. And I gotta, when this pandemic is over, I will definitely tag you guys and when I go to Halifax and hopefully you're still there. I don't know. You'll be superstars. You may move to, I don't know, whatever. Toronto's like the place. Oh, Toronto. New York. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, you guys will live in Toronto and have like, you know, live in that high fancy condo place and end goals to own our own firm like black owned firm that's that's oh right that's what i'm talking about yeah yeah that's that's the end goal so i I will i will definitely visit your your fancy swanky office yeah (laughs) (laughs) knocking on your door remember me oh yeah i talked to you when you were nobody now (laughs) some measly thousand dollars thousand followers you know (laughs) 2.5 2.5 million. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> you like, I designed Drake's home and. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> you guys have been great. Thank you. Thank you so much for talking to me. Yeah, yeah thanks, no thanks for getting in contact with us. And no problem. Yeah, right, yes, talk. It's been fun, you know? Yeah, it has been. Okay. All right, guys. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Hey, listeners. I have an exciting announcement. I decided to launch a membership program for the show where you have a chance to support me and the show directly. I love creating this show and it means the world to me that you all tune in to keep hearing me week after week. But it takes an immense amount of time and energy to produce. I wanna keep the show going and I want to invest in its growth. And I also want you to become a partner with me in this journey. That's why I'm excited to give you a chance to officially become a supporter of the show at glow.fm slash archispolly, A-R-C-H-I-S-P-O-L-L-Y, or by clicking the link in the show notes. It's quick and easy. It takes less than 30 seconds and just takes clicking a link in the show notes and using Apple or Google Pay. You don't have to create any new logins and you can contribute as much or as little as you like. If this show is part of your day or week, and you like what I'm doing, then visit glow.fm slash archespolly, all one word, and support me and the show in any way you can today. <laughs>